0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another official Redbird Rant podcast episode. I am going to be your host tonight. My name is Tito Rivera, and I am joined by one of our great contributors, Larry Levin. Larry, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Tito. I'm a little bummed tonight because MLB Channel has decided to show Major League Two, which is clearly one of the worst sequels of all time. So I'll suffer through it while I sit here and have a great chat with you, man.
0: Yeah, not not to mention that they play pretty – I'm pretty sure they play Major League Two almost daily at this point. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure everybody's seen that movie on MLB Network at least five different times at this point. But, yeah, exactly. I, I'll tell you what. I'm a little bummed tonight as well because, you know, for as little action is happening, boy, when I mean little, there's no actioning, action happening so far in the GM meetings, and we'll get a little bit more into that. But that's where I'm a little bummed about. But we've got a great show tonight. Hope you guys are ready to listen and excited to listen to what we have to say. We are going to go ahead and kick it off with the GM meetings. They are still ongoing right now. They've got about two more days before they wrap things up. Then they take a little break, and then they head to the winter meetings later in. December. So, Larry, John Carlos Stanton rumor mill is up and churning, and it has been going on pretty much all week and pretty much since the off season started. So, what's the latest that you've been hearing on what John Carlos Stanton's movement is, or well, may not be no, moving? Ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's we we hear it seems like we hear uh, something, and then we hear the immediate opposite. We hear you know, that he's definitely going to get moved, and then we hear, you know, the new ownership group say, no, he won't necessarily get moved. Then we hear rumors that he won't go to St. Louis or Boston, and then we hear other rumors that say, no, I haven't heard that. Um, Michael Hill certainly has played it very close to the best. He says he's talked to Stanton and that Stanton, you know, has given him some ideas about where he might go, but but they're not revealing much of anything so far. So, you know, I think, you know, the Cardinals, have been, you know, known to have discussions with, with the fish. And, you know, I think probably right now we're about as, you know, in it uh, as tight as we can be along with the other teams that have been named like the Red Sox and Giants and a couple others. And the other thing is interesting, Tito, I want your opinion on, is teams seem to drift it in and out of this discussion. I mean, you know, for a few days it'll be the Giants are hot and heavy and then word lakes out that, ah, the Giants maybe don't want to play at that level. You know, people mention the Dodgers as a likely culprit because they have money and prospects, and then it's like, well, you know, maybe they don't want to And Kershaw. They'll have to reckon with Kershaw's, you know, uh, renewal after 2018, and will they, you know, will they want to do that in Stanton, especially when they have a bunch of heavy hitters already on on the, uh, you know, on the roster. So I'm curious what you think, and then we can talk about trade possibilities.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so this is, this is the interesting thing about what's going on with Carlos Stanton. You've got pretty much all rumors, no facts, and nothing mm-hmm. really else to go off of. And so you're kind of left to wonder or speculate yourself, well, maybe today's the day he gets traded, or maybe today we mm-hmm. hear something more concrete. And so for me, I think the most interesting aspect about this, and you kind of touched on it, is the in and out of teams uh, surrounding Stanton. I mm-hmm. think it's all just fuel to the fire. I don't think there's Probably really so. anything concrete behind the Dodgers being in it. I mean, sure, he would, you know, we, for the longest time we've heard he wants to play on the coast and right. particularly maybe LA or San Francisco. And while that may be true, the team still have to be able to trade with Miami. Miami still has to accept a trade from somewhere. And the Cardinals find themselves in the best Possible position because I'm telling you right now, if I had the league's MVP and congratulations to John Carlos for winning exactly that right. uh, tonight, I have the I have the NL MVP reigning an NL MVP, and I'm trying to move him. I'm looking for prospects. I'm, yeah. I don't, I don't care, you know, I, I know I need to get rid of a lot of money here, but I want some prospects in return. And if a team doesn't have prospects, I don't care if they take 100% of that money. Sure, that'd be great. And, you know, that's off my hands. Great. But I'm getting nothing out of it. What? Just chump change? No, that's not good enough. So I find it interesting that these teams float in and out saying, oh, we have all this money, but, you know, not really any prospects. The Dodgers, while they do have some prospects, but you mentioned it. They still have to compete with Clayton Kershaw's uh, impending free agency, most likely, because that's what he's going to do. He'd be crazy not to. Um, but, you know, you look at a team like Boston. They've expanded mm-hmm. their uh, farm system. And then you turn to the Cardinals, and everybody's been saying it all off season: The Cardinals are in the best position to deal because they have uh, young pitching prospects, young outfield talent, and that's exactly where the Marlins are going to go. I, I, I personally, I don't see the Cardinals not coming to a deal. It's all going to be up to whether Stanton takes, you know, accepts that his fate is in St. Louis. Now, mm-hmm. for the reports, now for the reports that come out that say, oh well, he doesn't want to go to St. Louis. That's a bunch of bullcrap. I, I, I don't buy that one. I don't buy that one bit. There's not a single player in Major League Baseball that would say, oh, that wouldn't want to play for St. Louis. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Cardinals fan, but you go around the league and you go to other uh, uh, places is that you can see pitchers, take Chris Archer, for instance, who said St. Mm -hmm. Louis is a great city and they've got great fans. He's not just saying that because he can he saw it with his own eyes. So don't tell me, nobody could tell me that he doesn't want to play for St. Louis. No, you want to, you, it just
1: you know what kind of baseball town it is, you know, that they compete every year, you know, that they have right. incredible front, of, you know, management. So, so yeah, it's a winner. Also Stanton's 27, you know, in 10 years or 13 years when he retires, he can spend the rest of his freaking life living wherever he wants to live. So,
0: right. And, you know, right. Yeah. And honestly, and, and honestly, think about the other teams that have been mentioned, mentioned. The San Francisco Giants, they're not close. They are not close to a title. Mm-hmm. They still have a lot of things to rework in their own team before they can get close. And what has Stanton constantly said this last year? He's tired of losing. He wants to win. The closest right. teams that are vying for him right now are the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and, and Red Sox. I don't see him going to anywhere else unless the Marlins decide, you know what, hey, we can't trade you. Right. Uh, We're just going to try and win with you now. And they can go out and do that, but that would be very difficult to do, though.
1: Uh, You know, I think the best argument for that is it's, you know, new ownership's first year and, you know, they don't want to look like idiots trading away the, you know, the reigning MVP, blah, blah, blah. But they also know that the longer they wait, you know, to make a deal for the guy, you know, the farther away they are from rebuilding toward, you know, serious competition. So, so I had a crazy, crazy thought tonight. And I don't know where it came from, but it was, I think it was spurred by a couple of different ideas that I heard over the last few days. One is that the Giants, you know, obviously they're very interested in outfielders and they've even expressed interest in the Cardinal outfielders, right? Because they know that we have a surplus. Then there was also a rumor uh, a few days a uh, days ago. Uh, it wasn't a rumor. I saw it actually posted by a by a shrewd uh, Red Sox fan on one of their sites, and it was like, you know, if they wanted to trade for Stanton, you know, could they send Milton Bradley to San Francisco? Um, and then uh, get, Jackie um, Bradley. I mean Jackie Bradley. Sorry, not Milton. Yeah, Bradley, M- Jackie Bradley. Milton Bradley played a
0: long time ago. <laughs>
1: right. Get prospects, and then and then and then do the deal. With with Miami, so that got me thinking tonight. You know, what if there were the possibility, Tito, of a three-way deal where the Cardinals could satisfy the Giants' needs for um, for outfielders, Cause, and not just prospects, but they got Vasquez, who we know, you know, very much, you know, loves the, you know, Northern California where he's from. Um, we have uh, Gritchick, who you and I would both love to see dealt. Um, you know, and then, and then San Francisco has some young prospects that they're willing to deal. So what do you think about the crazy idea of a three-way where the Cardinals pick up, uh, pick up the Stanton contract, uh, you know, maybe trade one prospect or something, Cardinals ship outfielders to San Francisco, and San Francisco sends prospects over to, uh, to Miami? What do you think about that?
0: It wouldn't be the craziest thing I've heard in a long time. But let me ask you this, in kind of uh, retaliation to it, when's yeah. the la- when was the last time a three team trade had happened? I in know the it's
1: really hard it's, it is. it's really hard, and they play their, they play their cards so close to the vest and everybody's so damn competitive you know you yes. have to loosen and open yourself up a little bit to be willing to do it so
0: and, and that is so, the difficult part because why, like I said it's not the craziest thing i've ever heard because it makes sense. On paper, right? Logistically, mm-hmm. it could make sense, but I think there is so much competition between the two teams that, mm-hmm. you know, in my in my recent memory, the Giants are pretty much the only team that can beat the Cardinals in the playoffs. I don't <laughs> want to do anything to help them out, and so I hear you
1: there. Although I would although I would argue this is a rarity on a three way because you have three teams that are each in separate divisions, right? So Mm -hmm. you have an East and you have a central and you have a West. So, so, you know, and right now, you know, with the Dodgers kind of hiding the crest of their way, you know, and certainly there being, you know, other good competition in that division with Arizona uh, and maybe continuing with Colorado. Yeah. it may may maybe that, you know, giants, you know, sending people to, to, to the giants may not be the worst of our
0: fears at this point. So. And, and maybe not. And I think. And I think the only reason why the Cardinals would do it is is a money move. I yeah. think you. And, and the, the crazy thing is, is whoever they send in, per, in particular, to the outfield, whether it be Piscotti or Grichik, relative to what Stanton would bring in annual wise, uh, is mm-hmm. very low. And so Mm -hmm. I think the Cardinals are looking for any possible way to save money while bringing in money. And the only way they do that is probably by moving Piscotty first over Gritchick, which I'm not saying is a terrible thing, but at the same time, you know, I would rather see it the other way. I'd rather Gritchick go first than Piscotty.
1: Would you deal both?
0: Well, yeah, I, I think there's, of course, there's, you know, in
1: I mean, if, if, you have it, it Stanton, if you get and Stanton, all of our other if guys, if you
0: land Stanton, if you land Stanton, yeah. there's no reason you don't trade both of them. Exactly. And 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 for instance, maybe in some kind of scenario, Gritchick is an outfielder that goes to Miami, and that's mm-hmm. fine.
1: Well, that's fine, Yeah.
0: But you have a you have a player in Pisgati whose position is right field um he's not very good in left and you know he's not going to play center. Mm-hmm. You already have two uh outfielders in Dexter Fowler and Tommy Pham. Mhm. wouldn't have any room on the team and so he would have to be dealt at some point. Right. And so right. and I think that's what uh he said that and that's and that's kind of the direction I think the Cardinals are going to go. So yeah, I would deal both It's just to who am I dealing Mm. them or to whom I'm dealing them. Because at the end of the day, if I decide, you know what, Piscotty is going to go to a West Coast team, I don't want him in the National League. I'd rather him go somewhere that isn't going to hurt the Cardinals in the long run, potentially. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: so I'm looking to deal him to an Oakland or a Seattle or even the Tampa Bay Rays, as we're going to talk about a little bit later. Right. So what would you? What would you? What do you say to that?
1: I I don't have a problem with them being in the National League. I really don't. Um. I you know for me at this point solidifying the outfield with what we really want here. Um. You know with my goodness if we had a if we had a, a Fowler Fam Stanton outfielder, um. You know and and we could send Piscotty out of the division and we could alleviate ourselves of the, of the Randall Gritchick issue. uh, And we still were able to hold on to, you know, uh, most of our young promising outfielders. um, You know, I'd, I'd, I'd be in heaven on that one. Now that may be, that may be a, that's a tall order. I mean, I suspect, you know, two outfielders and absorption of, you know, the the Stanton contract is probably not going to be enough. But we also have plenty of prospects that we can throw into a deal. So even if we're looking for the Giants to be the the primary distributor of those, I mean, I think we'd still have other guys we'd be willing to give up. So, so I don't I don't mind those guys staying in the National League. Um, and we have other things we can dangle. I mean, the you know the Giants are all looking for a couple outfielders. They're also looking for a third base. You know, we have you know we have one exceptionally fine defensive third baseman in Jed Jerko and we have one exceptionally not-so-fine, you know, defensive third baseman in Matt Carpenter. You know, they're both, they're both decent hitters, and the franchise has talked about sliding Paul DeYoung over to third base, possibly. So, you know, there's, there's possibilities there, too.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess it just speaks to kind of how we started with all this is that there's so much unknown right now, that it is very difficult to really pinpoint what is really going to happen with the Cardinals. Um, They have so many different possibilities. I know. uh, So many different avenues that they can attack this on. And and the problem is going to be that when one thing happens, there's always going to be a critic saying, oh, well, I don't agree with that. Yep. And they shouldn't have done that. And and to and to whoever disagree, like disagrees like that, you know, I'm just like, come on. You can't have it both ways. Right. You want the Cardinals to go get Stanton, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, well, we gave up too much for him, or we're taking on too much money. We're going to cripple our farm, you know, our financial stuff. Well, I agree. You, can't you want have to it win, right? Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want to win, and the goal is to win. Stanton offers the best chance, in my opinion, and I'm sure you agree with that as well, for the Cardinals to win at this point. Now, I think one thing that I want to get your opinion on is, is where this timing of Stanton's deal falls into place. Mm -hmm. Because we are, like I said, at the beginning of this, we're already two days in, almost three full days into the GM meetings now. And I think a lot of people are expecting something to be done. At this mm-hmm. point, or by the end of this week, what happens, or what is your, what would be your confidence level in the Cardinals obtaining Stanton, if it comes to the end of the week and nothing happens?
1: I don't, I don't think that bothers me particularly because, you know, there could be other things going on. the The Marlins could be trying to get final and best offers from folks. They may be looking at they may be looking at offers for uh, for Ozuna or Yelich and saying, you know, for, can we stand pat with Stanton for another year, trade one of those guys, bring in a, a bigger load, and we're better off. So, so I'm not I'm not convinced that if this week goes by and nothing transpires, that it is indicative of a deal not happening. Plus, you know, because of the salary. Uh, and the and the balance, as you correctly noted, the balance between you know, do they want more money relief or do they want more prospects? You know, it's complicated, and and, and it's probably going to take some real serious you know thought thought for them. Um, and you know, the Cardinals are in the middle of some real serious stuff right now. They're trying to figure out you know who to put on their 40-man roster. Right? I mean, they they've, they've stripped it down to I think 35 I counted today. And, mm-hmm. and now they got to decide which of their their prime prospects they got to put on there, you know, and who they are willing to leave leave uh, for the uh, for the real five draft. So they, you know, they have issues of their own there. They've got to figure out what they're going to do for the bullpen. I think Alec and Gersh have said they want at least two closers, and I know we're going to talk about that issue tonight. So, mm-hmm. so there's plenty of work on both sides to be done. So if if the week goes by and nothing's happened. Uh, no, I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the end of the Stanton discussion.
0: No, and and I don't think so either. And and I guess what I'm trying to get at is is. Are you are you saying? Are do you think that the further it gets away, though, the less likely it's going to happen.
1: Um. Uh, oh, that's a really good question. I think it depends on how good the. I I I think well, you always ask good questions, you know. But I think it I think it depends on how good their intelligence is. I mean, you know, they're sitting there trying to figure out the same things that we are about who else is playing for the guy, and they have a hell of a lot better intelligence than we do, right? Um, sure. Uh, so yeah, so so yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. Um, because I don't think the I don't think the number of teams is really going to broaden considerably. You were the one who said, you know, there's really only a handful of teams who are serious. You know, we can't stop, you know, a big market team from coming in at the last minute, you know, if they want to play. So if the Dodgers or the Red Sox, you know, or the Yankees, you know, have some, you know, package that they're willing to to dangle, that you know. And they're willing to eat all the salary. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just would say, I would say it's much more a matter of their, Cardinals' intelligence, uh, a matter of Cardinals' package, and creativity on the deal, and, and and that just could take you know a couple or a few weeks. So.
0: Yeah, and I think you 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 know I think you're right on the money, saying that you know if this if this drags out a little bit longer than this week, I don't think anybody should be waving the white flag and saying, hey, you know, don't go for it or it's too late, you know, nothing's going to change. I think you and I both recognize that this is going to be a matter of whether or not the Cardinals feel comfortable with every other move that they're going to potentially make at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. They've got the they've got the pieces, so it's just going to be a matter of, of timing. Do they think they can make the the push now? And if they can, great. That's that's wonderful. Get that out of the way and move on to to other things. And, and that's what I've been noticing on our cynic cardinals Twitter uh, uh, pals that we all follow, is that the further away you know this week becomes the mm-hmm. The more people get anxious that something's not going to happen. And, you know, you see it all the time. Oh, well, if something doesn't happen by Friday, Cardinals aren't going to land him. Like, if right. that's the way we're going to go approaching about this, then we might as well have thrown in the white towel yesterday <laughs> and said, you, you know we- what, screw it, let's move on, and, and let's go get other stuff and get a you know more solidified team and less money spent. You know what
1: I mean? I mean, people. You know, we, you and I haven't talked about, and I think we've probably talked about it in previous weeks. Enough. The whole question of whether it's whether it's worth the risk to do this ten deal, but but that aside, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, and I think people should not freak out. People should remember the Cardinals have made both really good deals early on, and they've made some really bad deals early on in the off season, right when they had to deal with the terrible unexpected tragedy related to Oscar Tavares, you know, they were able to go out and make the Jason Hayward deal, you know, very quickly. Right. Um, um, but they also kind of panicked last year, right. And made the Brett Cecil deal, um, you know, which was, which was a high dollar amount, you know, for a, for a middle, middle mean you know, middle to maybe closer to the end of the game reliever who turned out to have a pretty, you know, mediocre year. So, so I think, you know making the right deal is much more significant than whether it happens in this week or two weeks from now and and i think i think ultimately it won't matter if people panic this week because if the right deal is ultimately made then all will be forgiven and we'll move on and look forward <laughs> yeah. look forward look forward to a prosperous year so
0: right and, and i think we just have to be patient Right, I think yep. that's the biggest thing that you could potentially say to anybody right now is just say, hey, you know, be patient with some of this. It's going to take some time, um, and, and that's really all you can do. You know, we're just we're kind of at the mercy of you know everybody else. We we can't. Yep. You know, the criminals exactly. have to have to play it be methodical, and I I can't really think of anybody better than. Uh, John Moselak to to be methodical in a, a certain process. But that being said, we are going to take our first break. Great conversation so far with Larry. Um, we're going to go on and move to our next topic, and that's going to be the closer situation. But just stick with us for one quick second. You're listening to the official Redberg Rants podcast, episode 38. We'll be back in a second. And thanks for joining us tonight. I'm still your host with uh, Tito Rivera, and I'm still with Larry. We just got done talking about Giancarlo Stanton, and we kind of dipped into a little bit of what's you know what's going on with the St. Louis Cardinals right now in the GM meetings and this offseason. But we're going to switch gears now to the closer situation and what's going on with Alex Colomay, who is the closer – the current closer for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Yesterday, it was reported that the Cardinals and Tampa Bay Rays had some discussion on Colomay. I actually ended up writing a piece on the closer just to throw out some numbers to see, you know, what we were potentially getting. And Larry, I've got to be honest. You know, I'm, you know, I've been watching Colome for the last two years mainly because of fantasy baseball. He's a good pitcher. Mm-hmm.
1: He is a very good pitcher, and you know he's the the two years ago when correct me if i'm wrong, he had what forty seven saves he was you know a hundred percent like that and then and then last year he was still good i mean he had thirty seven saves, as you pointed out in your article, his fifth is an aggregate of what three fifteen um yeah you know and 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 he brings the strikeouts and 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 he's a guy who I think you have enough data at this point to believe, you know, can fulfill the back end of the uh, of the bullpen and can do it, you know, for the next three years that he's under control, you know, at a very reasonable cost. So, you know, I liked your column. I think he's a real prospect. I'm sure we'll talk about the free agents that are out there, but in terms of combination of, you know, quality and you know, affordability, you know, he 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 absolutely is right up there. If we can find a match with the Rays, I know the Cardinals anticipated, you know, going into the off seasons, you know, that they were going to be more likely to find their closer, you know, in free agency than they were, you know, in a trade. Um, with the hitter more likely to come in a in a trade, but I don't think they were. I don't think they were limiting themselves. I think they were just saying that's a more likely scenario, you know. But if they can find somebody the quality of Colome. I think they they go all in if the if the deal was right. What do you think?
0: Yeah, and and here's the thing, and I you, I love the point that you just made actually because of the free agency aspect. You know, earlier in the off season, you know, pretty much I guess first couple of days of the off season, John Mozeliak you know went on radio said we're going to find our closer through free agency, which means we're going to yeah. be spending some high earned dollars. Mm-hmm. But how can they do that if they go get Stanton? Right. You know. Good point. I, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just being realistic here. You you know you're right. going to be taking on let's let's assume that the Cardinals take on 85 to 90% of Stanton's deal, which next year his salary is $25 million and about 85% would be about right around 21.25 mm. Mm-hmm. So you're adding that Plus you're gonna add on a thirteen million dollars or fourteen or fifteen million and either Greg Holland or Wade Davis doesn't make much sense for the Cardinals. You know, we talk about their you know, their fiscal and their ability to uh to be conservative in their money a little bit right. <laughs> most of the time. I just don't see the Cardinals landing Stanton and going after a free agent uh closer like that. Would it be great to have? Would it be great to yeah. have a Wade Davis or Greg Holland? Absolutely, but yeah. I just don't see the Cardinals spending that kind of money.
1: I guess the I guess there are a few different things. One is, you know, uh, what we alluded to a little bit is if you did acquire a Stanton, you know, whether the Marlins would be eating part of the cost, we don't know. Yeah. The next thing is we have. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we have this year, and then we're done on what is a pretty expensive Wainwright contract. We also talked about. The possibility of a trade involving Stephen Piscotty, which is, while not a lot of money, is still you know significant dollars. So, and then on top of that, you have um, you know uh, what we know is now a new contract with Fox Sports, um, going from Fox Sports Midwest, going from you know the last year of the previous deal, which was estimated, at least the public information I saw, which was estimated at about a thirty-five million dollar. Right deal for the Cardinals in 2017, you know, to a deal in 2018 that looks like it's going to start at between 50 and 55 million, you know, plus inflation, plus equity in the deal. Um, right. So, but yeah. So I mean, you know, so they, even a team with even a team that's been uh, that has some trepidation to spend, you know, might it might be a time where they're feeling a little more comfortable. And 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 you know, as we've talked about you know, they really dropped this year in terms of their their payroll. I mean they had for the better part of a decade, you know, they'd been sitting in the top ten in MLB and this last year they fell down, I think, to about fourteenth. And, you know, so I think there's there's some money to spend. So yeah, I think it would be a um I think it would be a big commitment to do both. I don't think it's impossible to do both.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm not saying impossible, I guess, and, and I, I don't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. My, my just thought process is if you don't have to overspend, why would you do it?
1: Especially in a closer,
0: right. Yeah, exactly, because look, look what just happened with Brett, with Brett Cecil. I mean, right, and, right. And, think, and, and think of the two, and, and I know people love these guys, and I, and I certainly don't blame them, they're the best closers on the market right now, Greg, uh, Greg Holland and Wade Davis. Mm-hmm. But they both have something in common right now that maybe they've moved on from and maybe they haven't, but they both have had injuries in the past.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Greg Holland had Tommy John surgery two years ago, two, three years ago at this point. And while, yes, he did. He's been, now he's further removed from it, his arm is getting strength back, It's stretching out a little bit more. Wade Davis was just hurt, you know, two years ago. Exactly. And while he was good, you have to be concerned. And so I I just think the Cardinals are probably going to play this safer and, and, and explore that option of Colomay from the Rays and maybe even somebody like Edwin Diaz from Seattle who is, you know, a young guy who's going to be controllable for the next couple of years because he still has arbitration years left in him. Cool. He only has, like, two years. We're talking Diaz here, and he's got at least four years well, of that's team right. control. Yeah. yeah, And so, you know, I think the Cardinals are, are – are looking to be smart. And that's to be expected. And that's when, when I see a deal, you know, when I see rumors about Colomé or somebody else, like a Diaz, a, you know, form, that's just being smart. And that's being a good GM and a good president of baseball operations, I should say, because Moselloc's no longer the GM, <laughs> right. although you probably couldn't, you probably wouldn't tell the difference. But that, that's what I'm seeing. Uh, uh, so I just want to get, you know, a couple more thoughts from you on that and, and then we can, you know, continue that conversation.
1: I agree with you. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's, you know, Holland, you know, ho- first of all, Holland looked super phenomenal the first half of the year and then right. he, um, then he slid for about a month and a half and then he came back reasonably strong at the end. And, you know, and I love Wade Davis as well, but, yeah, there's there's injury risk. And as you say, you're definitely going to spend, you know, considerably more for either one of them. Now, there are other options out there that might be a less expensive proposition like an Addison Reed, and I'd be curious to get your opinion on that. But, you know, one of the challenges on dealing with for either Diaz or for – um or colon a is, you know, whether they're going to be asking for chips that you, you know, are trying to hold on to to make your big hitter deal. And that's another reason. And, you you know, you asked about the timing and whether if this week passes that we'd be, you know, we wouldn't be likely to see a Stanton deal. And this is yet another aspect of why we're in super complicated territory because you could easily have teams asking for the same cardinal prospects or players for um, in exchange for a closer as you could uh, in a deal for a hitter. So you know how they're going to parcel out their part is a huge part part of it. So you know, so I'd be happy with either of the guys you mentioned from either Tampa or Seattle. Um, but what are your thoughts about other free agent prospects like Addison Reed?
0: I'm not, I'm not sold on him. I, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Like I know he's a good relief pitcher. I'm just not mm-hmm. sold on him being the closer for the St. Louis Cardinals. I think, Mm-mm. I think you know what's the common sense, sentiment right now about the closer is get the best one available. Is he the best mm-hmm. available to you? No. No. So. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't. And we've seen him be great. We've seen him
1: be terrible. So yeah. Right.
0: And so I I get. I understand why people are invested in him. He's a he's a consistent pitcher and he's consistently good, is what I should say. Mm -hmm. But he's not the best available, and everybody is is demanding the best. And and Mm -hmm. right now, those two pitchers, if you're going through free agency, are Mm -hmm. Greg Holland or Wade Davis, and that's Mm -hmm. it. And and both of them are going to be tied to a compensation pick, so you might as well say, you know what, cool, thanks. Yeah. But they're going to get one back in Lance Lynn, assuming he doesn't re-sign with the Cardinals, so that's okay with me. So, uh, again, I I think the Cardinals are just doing the best that they can to gauge the market at this Mm -hmm. point because nothing has really solidified. But if it was me, if I was John Moselak right now and Mike Gersh, I would, and I know that I'm on the verge of getting John Stanton, and I'm picking up a, a nice hefty tab. I, I'm not going after those guys. I'm not going. For, I'm not going to find my closer through free agency. I'd rather save the money and beef up, and I'd rather get somebody through a trade. Like Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. I think that is the most that place makes the most sense because of their needs, pitching mm-hmm. and outfield help. And yeah. in my article, I mentioned you know Austin Gomber would be a perfect fit there. Mm-hmm. Now I've heard I've heard the Rays are looking for right-handed pitching help. Well, the Cardinals mm-hmm. got that too. Yeah,
1: they do.
0: So, so I I, I could really see something along the lines of a Colome for Austin, Gomber, and Randall Gritchett. I, I really do think that could be a potential trade. What do you think?
1: Um, I think, you know, it's, it's teetering right on the edge of what I would give up. Um, um, you know, I, w- I was actually talking about this earlier this evening uh, with my son, and, and we agreed that, you know, a Colomay for Gritchett plus maybe not the first tier of who the Cardinals want to hold on to, but the second tier, um, you know, would probably be an appropriate kind of trade balance. So that makes sense to me. I don't think there's anything anything, uh, out of the ordinary or or that would, you know, cause that deal to be perceived as a tilt strongly in one direction or the other. That That's one that's going to play itself out based on, you know, how the players do over the next couple of years. But, but I think, you know, if sports writers saw that deal, uh, Gomber and Grici for colomne I, I don't think they'd flinch you know one iota or say one team got hosed or one team hosed the other team. I think it's a very reasonable proposition:
0: yeah, and, and again, the Cardinals are dealing from their strength, and I think they understand that they have a lot of pitching, and so they have to be they can be a little bit more flexible with who they give out. Uh, personally, he, I don't think at that point may would be worth a top-tier pitcher. You're not going to give mm-hmm. up a Hudson or Flaherty for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if that's what the Rays, you know, we saying, hey, that's who we want, then there's no deal on the table. But I, I, I think they can be a little bit, fle- a little bit more flexible with somebody like that. Um, and maybe it's possible that the Cardinals. You know, do even better and dip into a you know their third tier of starting pitching. You know, young prospects and do and give out two of those, and Grichik for, you know, Alex Colome, right? You like know, a, and like I, and, like I that, and I think that and I think that might yep. be yeah. I I think that's a certainly reasonable, uh, potential as well. But I think one thing that I really want to hear your comments on. Is the potential for a Colomay and Chris Archer package? Now that's something that definitely intrigues me. But as we've mentioned over you know throughout the night, it's going to cost some prospects. So what what are your thoughts on that?
1: I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a uh, and 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 our colleague Dan Campbell and I wrote and it's going to I think roll out over the weekend if I remember right a a, mm-hmm. a, a lengthy slider about. Um, about Luke Weaver, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. We had different views about uh, who he is, what he's about, and whether the Cardinals should keep him or trade him. So the subject of, of Chris Archer came up a little there. But here's my feeling about Chris, Chris Archer. Very fine pitcher, proven major league pitcher, solid solid guy. Um, like him a lot. But, but for me right now, um, you know, if I'm prioritizing what I want for the Cardinals, um, I think I want that uh, end of the bullpen solidified, and I want the, um, the 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 big man in the three, four, five part of the order uh, solidified. That will make everybody around him that much better. Um, you know, I, I I think one of the one of the things that's not talked talked about nearly enough in the in the trade for a hitter, and then I'll come back to Chris it is is that you know the cardinal hitters a lot of them have been asked to do more and to sit in different places in the uh, lineup than they really are capable of doing you know at their optimum capacity once you put in you know a, a, a big bat in the middle not only does it add that big bat but it allows the other people to you know thrive all of a sudden you're ask you're asking a guy you know to be the great you know, number six hitter or the great number seven hitter instead of the great number three or number five hitter, you know, and you can get an awful lot of, lot more value out of that person if they're slotted um, properly. So that's, that's, that's another reason that I favor, you know, focusing our assets both financial and trade on a hitter. And then I think it's essential, um, you know, because of what's happened with the end of the bullpen because of O's failures this year, because of Trevor Rosenthal basically being out of commission, and because we don't yet have confidence in a young pitcher that can fill the end of the the, uh, the end of the bullpen spot, it's essential that we go after one or two pitchers there. For me, while I recognize that because of trading Marco Gonzalez and because of trading Mike Leake and because of the um, and because of the um, uh, surgery. For Alex Reyes, I recognize that we're thinner than we would like to be. However, I think we have, as you've alluded to, tremendous depth in um, in near major league starting pitching. Um, and by that I define, you know, those who either we can try out this year or will be, you know, ready in September or spring training 19, and I would just really not want to trade away significant assets, you know, for uh, for a guy like Archer. He has a very nice contract, if I recall correctly. He, I'm not mm-hmm. looking at it. I believe he has $33 million left on his contract. So he's nicely it's, it's priced. Team, it's for,
0: very team-friendly.
1: Very team-friendly, four-year contract. You know, so he's, there's certainly value on his contract. But that would also mean – you know, providing probably more value, you know, from a prospect or a player perspective, you know, because he is undervalued, so and he's worth more. So, so my answer is, you know, I like the Colomay, I like the Big Bopper, um, but I am just not bullish at this point on either a trade for a guy like Archer, or for that matter, a free agent contract, you know, for a guy like uh, Arietta. Now, I will say, and I said this from the end of the season. I do think the Cardinals will look at the lesser um, pre-agent uh, pitchers, um, you know, as we, as we morph into December and January um, and maybe even the non-roster invitee kind of pitchers, you know, for the possibility of the four or five uh, spot in the rotation. But at this point, I'm not bullish on going out there and either spending a lot or trading a lot for the, um, the top-flight guy. What about you?
0: Oh, man. I'll start with Archer first. And I want to go back to something that you said about, you know, you're not too sold on him being the top guy, right? Is that what you were saying?
1: I I, I think he's a fine, fine pitcher. It's just just not at this point. It's not a special enough asset that would make me give up the kind of value that we'd have to um, for a guy who, as you said, you know, he's not getting paid probably as much as his, as his pitching value should indicate.
0: Right. Okay. So here's the thing about Chris Archer that, you know, that comes to mind, and it's kind of like what you're saying, you know, he, he's a great pitcher, um, but he's not great all the time. No. He's not a Max Scherzer. He's not a Clayton Kershaw who are normally great all the time. He he reminds me somewhat of uh, a little bit more polished Carlo Mar- Carlos Martinez. Mm-hmm. Great fastball, great off speed stuff. Uh, but then every other outing he gets hit hard, <laughs> and so and so, I'm I'm a little wor- wary of that happening in St. Louis. Now, I think St. Louis is a Bit of a more pitcher's park than Tampa Bay's uh, dome, yeah. so I think his stuff would translate well in the National League. Mm-hmm. However, um, it's it's going to take a lot to get him. It will take a lot to get both him and Colomé the same deal. Can it be done? Absolutely. Um, but I guarantee you, some of the prospects that Tampa Bay would want would probably be gone in a deal for Stanton. So I think that would be the kicker to this ever happening. Could it still happen? Eh, potentially. Potentially. But I think the Cardinals have made it very clear that their intention is to go get that impact hitter first and Mm -hmm. then do business from there. And so everything is just kind of on hold until – Stanton's fate has been decided, mm-hmm. which is okay, I guess, in some regards. And it goes back to our point from earlier in the show is, you know, how much longer are the Cardinals going to be waiting on these things? And, and so that's, that's kind of where I find myself. Um, but before I get to the rest of the free agent pitchers, we got to take one more quick break. And just so stick with us, we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to the official Redwood Rants podcast, episode 38. We were just talking about the pending trades potentially with Tampa Bay over Alex Colomay and Chris Archer. And we're going to go ahead and get into the free agent pitchers that the Cardinals have been linked to here in the last couple days, namely Hugh Darvish and Jake Arrieta. And Larry wanted to know what my opinion on was over those two pitchers. And if I had to pick one, I'd pick neither. But if I really had to pick one, <laughs> I would probably go with Arietta because he's mm-hmm. more familiar. And I think you, Darvish, uh, basically showed his flaws last year. Mm-hmm and basically showed that, you know what, maybe he's not as good as advertised. Mm-hmm. And that could be a problem. And we know what Arietta could do when healthy. And, and, you, and, you know, over this last season, he was hurt. And there's just no other, you know, there's no other rhyme or reason to it. He was hurt. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he wasn't the same kind of pitcher we all expected him to be. And so, I think the Cardinals... While, yes, they sh- I'm sure they do have interest in one or both, mm-hmm. I think it's more of a play to push the boundaries of how much the team is going to have to pay for them. Yeah. I-, I think that's where this is heading. And I think that's kind of exactly what they did a couple of years ago when John Lester was on the free agent market before joining the Cubs. Mm-hmm. I think the Cardinals only, you know, went after John Lester because he they they knew that the Cubs were going to go, so they tried to push as much as they could to see how far mm-hmm. the Cubs were willing to go to pay for this. Right. And the Cubs the Cubs need starting pitching. You know, they can't just have John Lester and Kyle Hendricks do <coughs> it. John no. is not going to cut it. Um, I guess they have Jose Quintana, but. Uh, I'm not convinced that he is what they paid for, you know, what they paid for. Right. So uh, I, I think if the Cardinals are serious about getting a starting pitcher, again, <laughs> I hate sounding like a broken record, but it's all going to depend on the standing trade because if they're adding again, 20, let's assume again, that they're adding at least 85% of this contract, you know, you're adding $21 million on top of a pitcher who's going to command at least another, you know, 18 to $20 million. So you're $40 million deep in two players, you know, occupying two roster spots when you have three more to go for a $40 million right. roster. Right. And that's just not the Cardinals' M.O. It's, it's yeah. not. It never has been. And and that's part you know that's I'm not saying that's why they lost out on David Price or you know Max Scherzer, but they have a they have a limit, and they're not going to overspend, even whenever we say oh you know what do it anyway because we know you have that TV deal, that means nothing to me because it doesn't mean anything to the Cardinals. Right? They could have all the money in the world, but that doesn't mean they're going to spend it all in one in one go. Exactly.
1: I, you know, and, and, you know, there's also a couple others out there and, you know, most notably, you know, one that looks very much stat wise, like Lance Lynn and that's Alex Cobb. Now I happen to believe that, you know, because of the Tampa Bay connection, it's entirely possible that the Cubs will, you know, try and persuade Alex to come to Chicago. So, you know we'll see we'll see what happens there i still think that there are a few pitchers out there and we've seen this almost every year Tito where you know the market waits to see what the top the few top free agent pitchers get and then and then the you know what happens is the waterfall effect where you know you wait to see now that you know that uh that you was worth you know, 19.8 million average annual value, you know, for four years. You know, now it's like, okay, now we can better evaluate what Andrew Keshner's worth, or we can better evaluate what Matt Garza's worth, you know, or kind of the guys, the guys as you, and and then you dip even further down, you know, the line, and you say, you know, uh, what, what is what uh, is a Wade Miley worth? What is a Tyler Chat, Chatwood worth? Um, you know, every team's gonna have a different perception, but often the log jam just needs to be broken with the with the few top people. And I could see the Cardinals as they're staging their off season and their priorities. I could just easily see them sitting in their uh, you know, in their operating room saying, you know, we we don't have the ability right now to devote the time and attention to the top guys and we really aren't going to play for the top three agent guys anyway. And it's not likely that we're going to get a number one or a number two starting pitcher from another team by trade. You know, let's focus on our hitters and our relievers. And then we'll evaluate. We'll look come December 20th or January 10th. And we'll look and we'll see who's available. And we'll, and we'll you know, we'll rank order them. And we'll look at what we think they're worth on the open market now that the top five or six guys have gone, you know, and we'll either make an offer or if those, if those guys are still around at the end of January, you know, invite them to camp. So that's really the approach I think they will take um, with starting pitching. And I think, you know, they may even give an opportunity. They Unless they trade with Weaver, they know they're going in with Seamart with and Walker and Weaver. They think they're going in with Wainwright. I think it's a dread mistake, but they, that's what they think. Um, you know, so I think they may give one of their young guys, like Flaherty, you know, or Hudson a chance, and they may, for insurance, invite a couple of veteran starters to camp, um, and, and, you know, with the possibility of, you know, of signing one if they haven't, you know, picked up a mid-level starter, uh, say, in January, you know, on a couple-year $15 million contract. That's kind of the way I think they're going to approach it
0: on starters. What's your thought? Uh, You know, I I, I think you're right. I think they're going to be – I think they'll stick to the middle of the pack, starters. I'm really hoping, though, that they do get somebody that can complement Carlos Martinez. I'm not saying he can't be the ace. Um, mm-hmm. But what I'm but what I'm saying is is that he hasn't shown me anything to believe that he is the ace right now that the Cardinals need. And my dad and I go on back and forth with this is that whether you know he can do it or not. And I think he can. I think he can be the ace. It's just he needs he needs to show it. He needs to prove to everybody else that it it can be done. So I would prefer the Cardinals to find some kind of compliment to him. But then again, I think about one thing that we haven't really mentioned tonight is the fact that Alex Reyes, you know, will be back in the rotation at some point next, you know, next season. And I think about that. And I think of his potential to be a future ace, you know, down the road here in the next two to three years. And I think the Cardinals recognize that he is the best pitching prospect they've had in a really long time, mm-hmm. and they're gonna ride that. And they're gonna say, you know what? Here's the ball kid, go get it. And yeah. I think the I think they will add at some point some complementary pieces to that to that rotation. And like you said, you know, after this year, Wainwright's contracts up. Mm -hmm. And I think he's done after this, but, um, and I guess I shouldn't say that too loud. and you know, fear of him retaliation. Right. We
1: get in trouble when we say that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But what I'm saying is,
0: is that you're going to get Alex Reyes to lose Adam Wainwright. You're losing Lance Lynn. Um, You know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to at some point, Get a big-time starter to help complement all these pieces, especially if we're of the mindset that Carlos Martinez isn't going to be the ace that we all think he is. Or you know, two years ago I would have said he,
1: he is. Two years ago I would have said he is, and he's always going to be. Now we weren't so sure after this year. You know, we're going to see what Luke Lieber is this year. His upside potential mm-hmm. is extraordinary. We don't know if he'll hit it. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to ride with the youngsters plus some fill-ins, and and then hopefully Reyes will be you know strong enough by mid-season to throw a few more innings, and and that would be exciting to see. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I, I I know it's 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 a tough situation, and and I think we could continue this conversation pretty much all night on <laughs> yeah. on, on what options the Cardinals have at starting pitching, but, you know, we only have an hour for this podcast. And and, And only
1: 30 seconds now. (laughs)
0: Right. By the time you know it, it's it's pretty much over. So um, just one quick final prediction from you, Larry, before we sign off, give me an estimated date of when John Carlos Tanton gets dealt.
1: I think he will get dealt on, um, what, today's the 16th? I think you yep. will get dealt
0: on on December 14th. What about you? Just December 14th for Larry. Uh, for kicks and giggles, I'll say next Wednesday because it's my birthday next Wednesday.
1: <laughs> great birthday
0: present. <laughs> yes, that would be great. Hey, David Freeze got traded on my birthday not too long ago, and I thought that was a great birthday present. But uh, <laughs> Go I'm going to say he gets dealt uh, December 24th. Christmas present for the St. Louis Cardinals. How about that? Oh, that sounds perfect. All right. So that's going to do it for us here at Redbird Rants. This is the official Redbird Rants podcast, episode 38. We will see you guys next time. Have a great night. Take care.